Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. While the pandemic has dominated a lot of people's minds, other stuff has taken place over the past year. As is usual for this time of year, It is good to check in with local politicians to see what they have been up to and what to expect in the new year. The first of these interviews is with David Piccini. We took a few moments away from the earlier conversation to talk about what has taken place in Northumberland over the past year as it relates to the provincial government. As well, he looks forward to the upcoming year, the election, and some special personal news. Here is that interview. The past year has, has been a big one for you as you were promoted to cabinet to become a, the new environment minister. And tell us, how did, how did you hear about that appointment and how has it changed your life in having the responsibilities of, of a major portfolio over the last year? Yeah, I mean, it's added uh, a 600 uh, plus million dollar bottom line to things I oversee and, uh, and, and touches all aspects of our life. Climate change is a generational issue that we're all tackling together uh, with very, you know, it's a very real crisis that we're all facing. And I, you know, for me, when the premier gave me that call, I was actually on a Zoom call from my responsibilities as parliamentary assistant with colleges and universities about our standalone nursing uh, that the province announced where colleges can uh, grant uh, the degrees, which keeps nurses local. So I was talking about that, get the call, no caller ID coming in. It was the premier and, um, you know, spoke to me about this. I'm excited as Ontario's youngest environment minister. I think it affects myself. Uh, my fiance and I would like to have children. It affects them. It affects our kids, grandkids. And so for me, uh, taking a pragmatic approach uh, to climate change and these, these issues to protect our land, air, quality of air and water. And I'm, I'm really proud that in the six months I've been minister, we've tackled things like uh, sulfur dioxide regulations to improve air quality. Um, we've addressed land issues by expanding green spaces and protected areas and parks. Also looking at expanding our, our uh, protected uh, significant wetlands uh, through partnerships with groups like Ducks Unlimited. And finally, the largest freshwater cleanup of its kind with pollution probe to protect our, uh, the largest body of freshwater on planet Earth being our Great Lakes. So it's an immense responsibility, Rob, and uh, it, it comes um, at a time that is it's very consequential. The decisions we make today will you know, forever impact this planet. You sound so busy. Has this impacted your ability to serve the constituents of Northumberland Peterborough South? I mean, how many hours are you spending in the riding? Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think it it, it better. I I look back, uh, if ever, you know, right now, I mean, with COVID realities, one can't. But during normal circumstances, when you walk the Queens, uh, the halls of Queens Park, you look at every uh, at every you know, at every sitting of the legislature, and you look back at people who've walked before us, I think of Alan Shepard, Lou Rinaldi, Rob Milligan, um, you know, back to 
you know, Lawrence and, and others that have served our community. And I look back, it was not since the 40s, I believe, that we had a member in our community sitting at the cabinet table. And so I think if anything, it gives the voice of these residents, uh, puts it right to the cabinet table. And for me, um, youth in Northumberland, Peterborough South, who I made a commitment to, you know, expanding job opportunities, being a young voice as a young MPP, um, you know, tackling, bringing their voice to the cabinet table on, on issues like climate change, like protecting our air, land and water. So for me, it's exciting. It's long days. Um, I, I joked with um, Mark Rockburn the other day, if you took a picture of me three years ago and a picture of me today, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not nearly as, uh, as young looking. I have a lot of gray hairs and a bit more of a worn face, but, um, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, this is, you know, why we serve. I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. I want to build on commitments, investments we've made, and, and I'm excited about the role I can play as a cabinet member serving the constituents of Northumberland, Peterborough South. The healthcare sector in Northumberland has benefited immensely from the government. We have watched a consistent stream of money come to the hospitals, long-term care, hospice, and so forth. Yet we have watched as healthcare system is being stretched on so many levels due to the pandemic. There is no doubt the government has made healthcare a focus, but has the pandemic demonstrated weaknesses in the system that the government sees as needing to be addressed in the future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is such a big and timely topic. I think if we start at the top um, through the Canada healthcare transfer, I mean, we have said, and, um, you know, I think we've worked really, Mar uh, Rob, when we look at, at investments that can be made with all levels of government, uh, holding hands, working together, Ontarians, Canadians don't care what level of government, as long as they're being supported. And so when we work together, good things happen. Um, you know, I think the one thing that unites premiers of all party stripes uh, with unity of purpose is the call on the federal government to increase healthcare transfers. This has been a call that, that spans governments at the federal level, but a call that um, if not now, then when? I mean, we are in a global pandemic. Uh, so my, you know, my clear message to the prime minister would be, um, you know, prime minister, when we work closely together, good things have happened for the residents we, I serve in Northumberland, Peterborough South. It would be a plea to please increase the Canada healthcare transfer. So now that we've ad addressed that stream of funding that comes to the provision of healthcare, let's look to what we have managed to do. Um, we've, we've increased base funding. That uh, was one of the first things we did was address the medium-sized hospital funding formula. That's been, uh, don't take my word for it, look at former CEO Linda Davis locally, uh, speak to Eric Hanna up at Campbellford Memorial, a hospital that was left on life support. So I think it has exacerbated existing challenges on infrastructure. We're supporting the new roof at NHH. We invested $5 million at Campbellford uh, to work on a systemic plan going forward. And now we're talking redevelopment. So all these exciting things are happening. We made Ontario Health Team announcement right here in Northumberland with Minister Elliott. Um, and, and the credit goes to our community, already pre-existing strong partnerships. We've expanded community paramedicine, launched a rural health hub in Colburn. These are all some of the things we've done, but it has exposed weaknesses, weaknesses in a long-term care system that uh, has sorely been underfunded. Well, just look at, at the example of, of doctors and nurses right now who are extended far beyond their capacity with illness now coming a factor and there's a real crisis uh, developing around staffing uh, hospitals and, and emergency rooms just to deal with the pandemic. What is your government planning to do in the short term to address this? 
So uh, a couple things. Um, first thing, first for uh, bed capacity, we've expanded it by over 3,000. Largest increase, I think, in Ontario's history in such a short period of time. For staffing, um, you know, as much as we would love to just uh, like on Star Trek beam uh, fully trained healthcare uh, professionals into Ontario, the reality is that it takes time to train a well-trained healthcare professional that go through rigorous and, and good courses uh, in universities and colleges in this province. And so, you know, previous governments of all stripes, Rob, could have expanded nursing seats. They didn't. We did. Um, so we expanded it by over 2,000 uh, net new seats. That's 2,000 more nurses coming online every year. Previous governments could have launched a challenge fund for colleges and private career colleges to train PSWs. They didn't. We did. We've now seen 8,000 new PSWs enter the I, system. I totally appreciate the efforts that you've made, and, and no one wants to take that away from you. But if, if I was a nurse or a doctor or uh, somebody at a long-term care facility listening to you right now, um, I'm hurting right now. I'm yeah. I'm exhausted right now. And and I guess what I'm asking you is, what are you saying to those people to uh, give them a light at the end of that tunnel? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, we've, through pandemic pay, we're one of the first, I think the first province to implement those provisions, to acknowledge the incredible work that they're doing. We've implemented uh, regulations from a public policy perspective to move health human resource staff around the province to deploy them uh, where they're needed. Um, and, and as I said, though, let's not be divorced of those big policy decisions that were made uh, now, you know, dating back as far as two years ago, that are bringing new healthcare workers, those 8000 PSWs are in the system now, thanks to what we've done as a government. So what I would say is, you know, that it's coming right now. Um, the, the, let's not forget the buildings they operate in. These were like Soviet style, old school builds of long term care. I wouldn't you wouldn't want your own family member in because previous governments failed to get shovels in ground. Look all over our riding, Streamway, Pleasant Meadow Manor, Golden Plow. There are shovels in ground for brand new state-of-the-art modern and safe facilities that are giving workers hope. And, and we've got to build on that because, and, and I'm sorry to be political here, but the previous liberal government did nothing to make investments in modern and safe spaces. And we are doing it. And, um, you know, it takes time, yes, but uh, there is light on the horizon. How would you characterize the local economy? Well, I mean, I think, you know, Rob, anything you put out right now, uh, viewers and people are tired. They're frustrated. They're tired. This pandemic, um, you know, anyone watching um, is, is quite frankly fed up with this pandemic. So it's frustrating without question. And it's challenging on all sectors at a time where we're seeing absenteeism because of the pandemic. I hear resoundingly everywhere I go, we need labor, we need workers. I mean, it's something as simple as the Tim Hortons that, uh, you know, the Tim Hortons in Coburg, it's closed because they just can't find workers and, and it's tough. So I think if I take a step back, though, and, and, and let's, let's hopeful, let's be hopeful and look to the future. So one, um, after losing 300,000 manufacturing jobs, what are we seeing locally? Locally, we're seeing Mermill, for example, in Campbellford. They do uh, wood at MGM Grand, Miami Dolphins. And what I hear from Travis Walker is that he needs high-skilled labor. I mean, they're paying a great plan for employees paying a significantly uh, above uh, average, uh, average salary here, highly skilled engineers, um, just to name a few. And, and they're trying to partner with our local school board. So I'm seeing exciting partnerships with school boards. I'm seeing youth commitment I made when I was elected. 
opening their eyes to local job opportunities. I'm seeing Pete Lorenz tell me uh, at Lorenz that they've uh, got historic orders. They're having one of their best years yet. I'm seeing um, you know, George at Olympus Burger having uh, one of his, his best years, pivoting uh, thanks to provincial supports, pivoting to, pay, to takeout and partnering with local craft breweries to sell craft beer. So I think without question, it's a challenging time. And, and anything I say right now is cold comfort to uh, sectors that have been hit hard. But um, when I look uh, you know, out and see the future prospects, I see an incredible opportunity and I see uh, the, the new age of digital business supported by a historic broadband commitment of $4 billion, not federal dollars, provincial dollars for broadband. And, and the county of Northumberland has been doing some incredible work fully connecting this entire uh, county. And so there's a lot of exciting projects, Indigenous and Hiawatha, thanks to the provincial investments. Uh, we're partnering with Chief Carr and the team there. Um, so I, I'm hopeful I think there are without questions are challenges in the here and now. We've tried to be responsive with um, rebates, grants, property tax deferral. We've called on the feds for HST deferral as well, uh, or waiving the HST, I should say. And, and, and then the staycation credit for uh, into the future to encourage people to buy, shop, vacation local. And we've got some gems from St. Anne's to Whispering Springs to Hope Goat. Um, you know, all over our riding, there's some pretty incredible opportunities from, from a tourism perspective. Looking forward, it is a really big year coming up with uh, an election on the horizon for June of 2022. What is the biggest challenge for you getting reelected? Well, I think for me, um, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge is, is I would say, um, you know, just, just getting out and listening to to constituents. I, I, that's not even a challenge. That's what I do in, in my job. And I would say, you know, our challenges are the, the greatest challenge without question is the COVID-19 pandemic. Where are we going to be in June as people head uh, to the ballot box? You know, we've got a plan for reopening this province. It's a plan uh, that we've worked very hard on. We were, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, again, uh, the first one of, or among, if not the first province to come out with a reopening uh, plan that, that uh, talks about investing in our healthcare system, but also in the uh, economy for job creation. Um, I'm, I'm very hopeful. And, and I think bottom line, when folks head to the ballot box in June, the questions they're going to be asking themselves is who is best positioned uh, to steer this economy and uh, to steer us moving forward. And, and I think that the answer is clear. I mean, the question is, do we go back to uh, the days of pushing manufacturing out, uh, historic spending, uh, but ask anyone in the healthcare system, they'll tell you they've got nothing to show for it. Or do we build on the investments that we've made in the last three years? Um, keep those shovels in ground, uh, building, you know, tomorrow's prosperity means shovels in ground today. So do we continue on that and, and, and rebuild? And I think voters, We'll be asking that question when they head to the ballot box. And I'm, you know, I'm proud to work with a premier and a team that's got a plan and that's, uh, you know, making uh, prosperity and job creation in places like ours, rural Ontario, a, a real priority. You also have some big plans personally as well. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, well, uh, you know, my fiance and I are getting married, so that's a big uh, commitment. We're uh, supporting local with, uh, with virtually everything in this wedding, which is exciting. 
Um, she's, I will say, doing the bulk of the heavy lifting on that. I need uh, planning a wedding like I need a hole in my head, but I'm super excited. I shouldn't say that, actually. I hope she doesn't watch that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited because despite all of this, it's uh, really, you know, in this line of work, it's helpful to have a partner that supports you in any line of work. And I'm very grateful that I found my person uh, that, that, you know, was supporting me and, and I'm supporting her and we've got two great dogs and we love this community. And ultimately, uh, Rob, um, you know, you know, the thought of putting your job on the line, the, you know, limited job security in this precarious line of work where there's always mudslinging, it's politics, you got to have a thick skin. For me, it's nice knowing I've got someone supportive and, and win or lose um, in the grand scheme I've won with, uh, you know, with a lifelong partner. So. What should we keep an eye out for in the next couple of months? Oh, that's a great question. So keep an eye out for transit. I mean, I, I've made a real priority here with transit. We've worked with uh, Coburg, for example, on on making their uh, transportation fleet more sustainable uh, with, you know, more environmentally sustainable fleet on demand pilot project. Um, working with the county uh, for Go Transit, um, you know, new builds in, in long-term care, in healthcare, um, you know, expanding supports there, the community paramedicine program up and running. I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm just looking up at, at my list here. Some of the surplus properties like Brookside and the MTO property in Port Hope, I'm really keen to get the ball moving. I mean, after years, uh, you know, with Brookside, we've now got an exciting future. And I know people are very anxious and we've got, you know, a great team in Coburg that we're working with on that. And, and finally, uh, job creation and locally. I think let's, uh, you know, this economy, uh, rearing our economy, a job creation locally, supporting local businesses, manufacturing and ingenuity, and seeing our next generation. And for me, what's exciting, the portfolio is sustainability, clean, green jobs, seeing EVs being manufactured and built here, leaning on the prowess of the talent in Ontario to help us with the, you know, electric vehicles and uh, local manufacturing in our community here. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the coming year and, um, and I'm looking forward to, to, you know, hopefully having the opportunity to, to continue serving uh, the folks of this community um, for, for years to come. David Piccini, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks very much for, for having me, Rob. That was local MPP David Piccini. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. 
And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.